you're sitting at home and you're doing your homework, you could do couch stretch, you do hip 90, 90. There's one more exercise around ankle stability at home or even just thoracic, like open up their thoracic spine. You do that at home and maybe you make them post it on Instagram or something, or you ask them to post it on their story, like recovering for the big game or something. I think it's important to give these kids some type of autonomy to buy into it entirely and to buy into that culture and that can lead to better performance over a long period. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Garage Strength Podcast. Podcast. I'm here with my four-time world champion, co-author of the year, and newly crowned king of the PA press. Jason B-Roll there. <laughs> Dane, welcome back. It's it's nice to have you back. Um, You did say four-time, so I think we're kind of sl- low-key celebrating a a victory that isn't out in the public yet but yeah I, I think for me it's like i might as well do that because i i felt like i spent dude i've spent more time on this book at this stage of the game uh-huh. than i ever have with anything else <laughs> um which i was really i spent dude i've spent more time on this book at this stage of the game than uh-huh. i ever have with anything else um (laughs) which i was really thrilled about uh and it was like okay so caitlin so when i went out to eugene last week oh real quick catch up yeah the next book is the rough drafts done like it's drafted out it's ready to it's just well i wanted to to share this part of the story this is dane's fun part where he's at (laughs) with it so Caitlin says to me, she's like, all right, we have my flight, my plane tickets, right? And it was like 350 bucks to get into first class for the long, for the, like the six hour flight. And dude, if I'm in like those nice seats, yeah, I will work the entire time. So I'm like, all right, if I paid myself this much versus sitting in the back and like sitting there and not being able to work, I'll get my, I'll get a lot of stuff done. Uh-huh. So if I can plead my case to Caitlin and like really just This like, is worth that investment. Yeah, I'll just like keep pestering her. And she also knows I don't like to fly. So it's like, all right, if you're going to actually do, and she'll sort of like hold me accountable. Like, are you actually going to do your shit? Like if you do it, I'll, I'm willing to, to yeah. spend a little more money. Because um, apparently no one flies from Charlotte to Portland. That was the leg that I had. I had a weird travel to get out there. So... I did that, and on the flight, I read, like, five chapters out of that. And I was, you know, I had read a couple of the chapters, but not really commented much. Uh But then this time, I was able to go in, and I enjoyed it because I had been talking to you about stories in training. I had been telling you stories, (laughs) you know, or sharing, like, different training scenarios. I'd pester you. I'm like, yo, Dane, I need a Hey, this is what it's about. I know you have a story about this. Can you give it to me? A lot of times telling you don't t- talk about someone new because you can get Yeah, little... it's like it's like okay, bring me bring me a new character, a new yeah. individual each time. Where like some people they've been training longer, so you have like 20 stories of them. Right. Some people are, you know, haven't been training as long and there's like four stories of them. Right, right. And it's So I think that's what was what made it so enjoyable was actually going through that, reading it. 
And then at the same time, thinking through like, okay, where can we add in, you know, you, you know, maybe some, as we were calling them uh, doodles or where, where can we add in um, charts? Where can we add in possibly, you know, I even put a couple placeholders for like images and stuff, but I think that when I was reading the stories, one, it felt like going back and reading a yearbook, as weird as that <laughs> seems. It was fun for me to go back and, and, and just reminisce about these training situations, but then also thinking through, like, how can we make this clearer for the audience to to di to digest it as well as they possibly can? Yeah. So I think that's what that's what made it so enjoyable for me. No, I said I was going to rough drafts done. I guess I have. Let me think about this. What's today? One, two. I got three days, and then I'm jumping back in. So I have some revisions to based off the notes. Yeah, and I haven't read the last chapter yet, and I want to, you know, and and what we're going to be talking about today, I sort of want to make sure that we're as clear as possible in the delivery of the book. Yeah, so that it because I think it plays a major role in success. So that's a good lead in <clears throat> there. We are talking about a term we have to brought up here called rolling compensation yeah yep and rolling which you explain it really freaking well in the book it, dude <laughs> i was reading it and i remember like reading it like almost like giggling i did also want to share this when i when i get excited i know this sounds really weird but <laughs> when i'm excited i'll just like slam like five cups of coffee because i'm just like oh i gotta keep reading I gotta keep reading uh -huh. dude i peed on the plane like six times <laughs> but i go to on the aisle seat or the window no, i was on so the window to walk yeah. over the person too. Yeah, i was like yo sorry <laughs> but part of it was like even reading the rolling compensation stuff it's like dude this makes so much sense sense that it, it was it's like a thought you know it, it's like when you have these thoughts but you're not good at putting a term to it that was that's like a lot of my life really yeah and i i think that you really clarified it and you were able to uh put into words into you know into a book like somebody's gonna read that day like, oh yeah that makes sense it does and it, it works yeah too. That, yeah the fun thing is i get all the things like i would say like i'm kind of like an idea post like the re i don't want to say revisionist but i get to edit it down to be clear like you said so like this idea has already been in operation for years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's already been successful for years. Yeah. And it's just like, how do you take what the thought is and the idea, the concept behind it and make it digestible for someone who's getting it for the very first time? Right. And like, that's really it. So I have another f story uh -oh. on keep, this. Keep going. Because the, it, this just popped into my head. The example that you used for rolling compensation was Brandon George. Okay. Yeah. And so he plays, he's a starting linebacker at Pitt. His dad, and maybe, I should, maybe we shouldn't, well, we're okay to put this out there. His dad literally called me this morning uh -huh. and he was pissed off because they played West Virginia. Who's this is Pitt. Yeah. Pitt played West Virginia in the backyard brawl. And it's like Pitt last year won the ACC. They were good. They were, they finished like top 12 in the country like or 15. They're not playing that well this year. They're, they're QBs. They have two QBs that both are – they just can't score. And they they only scored like uh, – it was like 10 or 12 points this past week. Oh, wow. That, that's not good. Right. So, Brandon 
ends up lifting three days last week because he has the he looks at it and he's like, all right, I'm, I'm going to lift three days a week. It was almost the exact same and, and scenario. He's going to school for like. Yeah, he's getting his con- master's now. Yeah, like training and stuff. Yeah, like and that, he, like yeah, he, science. He grasped. He grasped. And he how hits train. you up pretty regularly about training. Like, training. Right. Affirmations. Like, has come through the system too. Yeah, actually, we talked about him, I think, even on here about yeah. Zercher's, the weird Zercher squats right. and he, stuff. He yeah. asked you something about it, DM yeah. your, And it was. So like he's he's got a clue. Yeah. So he does. He's like, all right, well, we're we're playing West Virginia. I'm going to train three days this week, but the the last two days aren't going to be crazy. But it's just a way to get extra extra workout in. He goes in, plays WVU. I want to say he had like eleven tackles, five solos, uh, and two TFLs. So good game, huge game for him. Like, and. He's also pretty notorious for putting guys out of the, out of the game. He put their running back out, their starting running back out of the game. He's a tall guy too, right? Yeah, he's like, t- he's tall and he just brings it downhill hard. He, and he's how do I say he's lean? Yeah, for a fo- like football player, lean. Like right. There's n- none of the the bread loaf on him, right? Right. Like, right. So he, you know, his dad's basically telling me like Brandon's pissed. They're they're one and two. Last year they only had two losses the whole year, and. He's playing well. Defense is playing really well, but they can't freaking put the ball in the end zone. So anyway, that just reminded me because he used that concept, yeah, of rolling compensation, compensation. <laughs> literally this past weekend, and it just so happened that, you know, and his dad's a, a guy that will call me for an hour and a half that he's going on and on, and um, just wanted to short, share that story because I was like. I just as we're sitting it completely here, like, relates to what's yeah, I'm like, going. dude, I literally just read this last week. It's Earl like just finished this. Uh, yeah, it was like, <laughs> oh, okay, this is all fitting. So, rolling compensation um, is kind of the opposite of what super compensation. It's not the opposite. It's just super compensation is the idea around, hey, here's this one event, this one thing, yeah. and you need to be at your absolute best when yeah, this occurs for that one thing. That one thing. Yeah. So all your training is kind of centered towards that yeah and with sports performance especially at a professional level yep and so what i would call more audience dominant professional level mm-hmm. like a football yeah weekly soccer, playing hockey basketball yeah where competition is near constant right so there's always an expectation to perform so you don't have the luxury to like be off and you don't have the luxury to like being the most tip top shape it's almost like the difference between a i want to say it like a close skill sport where you have to go and do one thing mm-hmm. and uh endurance based sport how you have to be able to just keep going so right. there's a little bit of give and take right between how operable your body is from like a power perspective and that may not be the best term of it but i think that's pretty clear though it's but you need to be in like that hopefully above 90 percent but you need to be able to get into that like 85 to 90 percent range any day of the week yeah yeah yeah. yep you need to be able to operate near your maximum almost you know every sunday every friday night every saturday you know twice a week if you're playing basketball or something like that and what rolling compensation does is it enables you the athlete to sort of hover in that you know, ability to compensate, if you will, your body to perform. Um, so there's an algorithm, I, I like to call it, that goes into it. And it's real simple. 
who are you playing? Yeah. Who's the opponent? Yep. And based off opponent record, opponent like stats, depending on what level you're at, like how you can look at it, um, high school level, like how many D1 kids or like college age kids are on the team. Yeah, you, you can, might look at. You can look at it and say like, all right, based off of, let's say we're five and two, and they're we're playing a team that's two and five. Yeah, we're probably odds are stacked in our favor that like, even if we're a little sluggish, you know, and if we're playing, if we're five and two, they're two and five, and then the next week, we're playing a team that's also five and two. You want to put in a good week's work this week, and it might bring you guys a little bit closer to your opponent here. But in reality, it's going to make you perform better against the harder team in the yeah. following week. And I think the big thing in my mind is also like, how can you set that up? And obviously, you're not trying to destroy the kid or or make it so that he can't play on a Friday night. Yeah, and we're not doing twenty rep backs. No, yeah, there. like you, like, you're just trying to get a little bit more stimulation so that they can adapt, and then as they roll through everything, they can adapt the following week maybe a little bit easier because there, there's less volume, or or maybe the following week is another week. That, maybe they have a bye week, you know? Yeah. So weak opponent, how many times? Are you programming workouts? Three days. Strong opponents. How many times? Two. Two. All right. So let's uh, focus in on programming for a weak opponent, if you will. Yep. So what type of mindset from the phases are we using then? Like is an exposure phase mindset, comprehension phase mindset, you know, is it? Comprehension. Comprehension phase mindset. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about that. Give us some info on that. Why the comprehension phase? Why three days? And then we'll even get into what the three days are from like a day perspective. Okay, so if if, if you if we looked at it like, all right, this during the comprehension phase, there's going to be a little bit more volume, but there's not going to be a ton of weight used on the bar. But there's going to be enough weight because they're already they're already adapted to the volume mainly because they're in like they're they've come out of the the off season training they're in pretty good shape, um, and if you go too heavy you could in theory put them at at you know potential for risk. Uh-huh. So it's it's sort of like back and forth between comprehension and ascension, but typically you're going to stay with with comprehension. So let me pause real quick. So the ascension would be like if you're against a strong opponent with the two days then. Yes, but I would say. Only one set, one of those sets would be harder. Okay, so it's more like a ramp. Yeah, and yeah, you, yep, yeah. The ramp exactly. starts probably a little lower than it technically would, and you yeah. get to that one set where you're like, "All right, I'm working. Yeah. This feels tough. I can do it, but I know I can do it." Yeah, set of five at three fifteen back squat. That's going to be enough to get me through the next ten days. Okay, eight days of training. Um, and I think the big thing then too is like, and I don't know if you want me to jump right into the days, but if we would look oh, at it, go right ahead, man. It, uh, if if I if I'm setting that up, I would I would do a leg power day, I would do some type of upper body day, and then typically I would also add in like a plyometric slash impulse day or just plyometrics depending on. So you could how do like an are. athlete day, and maybe they single leg squat first. Or, yeah, or they do or like a clean, a, and then they go into the jumps. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So essentially, the jumps become all the like accessory and absolute strength movements. Yes, one hundred percent. Okay, and that's like one of the sneakiest ways to maintain that that strength level and to maintain like elasticity and the twitchiness 
is to use like, okay, if, if you can get, uh, and, and it's even one dude, I, I actually think that this is one of the areas that a lot of football coaches lack is that football coaches on like a Monday or let's say, or a Wednesday, instead of doing conditioning could do an extra, they could do plyometrics on the field. And so they're not really getting into the weight room. You know, maybe they do cleans or something, and then they do the extra athlete stuff on that Wednesday. And these kids are going to be recovered by Friday. They're going to feel uh-huh. good by Friday. Oh, uh, so you started <clears throat> mentioning specific days. So if we're doing that lower body power day, weak opponent, so it's a comprehension type type thing. What what day? Like, so if we're playing on a Friday as a high school kid, what day are we doing that? Okay, so now some people might think this is crazy, and some high school. A lot of high school really good teams will do this. And I'm telling you right now, the best collegiate programs do this. If you have a game on a Friday, you should try and lift the next day. Like literally you should try to train so if the next college, morning. I'm playing on a Saturday. I'm trying You're to lifting train Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. If I'm playing a high school game Friday night, I'm trying to train, lift train Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. And the thing and I'm you, doing my lower body power day. Yeah. So you can go in and it's like you don't have to go crazy. Now, the other benefit there is that it's far enough away from your next opponent that you could you can train pretty hard. The other benefit is that if you had a tough opponent the night before and you're you're a little beat up, you're you're gonna be sore, you're gonna be fatigued. Well, you can go in and you just move like fifty to seventy percent weight and you will recover faster. Now, if you have a weak opponent on a Friday night and you come in on a Saturday, you can get a really good workout in. And you, it's like a 45 minutes to an hour workout. You go in, you do some technical coordination lifts, you do some, you know, absolute strength, you, you know, you ramp up. And then maybe you do two or three like slaughter fest type hypertrophy exercises that aren't that hard, like a leg extension, a leg curl, moving, doing some sled work. Get blood flowing just to the to tendons, get, yeah, joints, exactly. and muscles. And then now you do that on a Saturday or if, you know, I know Penn State does this. It's like even when they have a game. So this Saturday they're playing Iowa, right? Iowa, the game starts at 7. They'll probably be done by 12. They might be back in their apartments by 1. They're going to lift at like 11 o'clock or 12 the next day on a Saturday or on a Sunday. Now, the collegiate level, it's also going to ideally prevent them from going out drinking if they win. Uh Um, But it also will help them recover on that short week because you know even playing later in the day on a saturday can impact your following week so you need to make sure your recovery is on point and that lifting that workout is going to play a major role some people will they don't like to have that saturday and i think that if you're a high school team i think one of the other downfalls is like i think it's a cool way that you can go in you get a quick workout in you can watch film uh for a half hour 45 minutes and then the the thing is, is like if you don't lift on a Saturday, so let's say you do a Friday game and you don't lift again until Monday or work out again until Monday, like that's a pretty long time. Yeah, you're given a lot of you, time you, to lay around, yeah. let the body get sore, stiff, not move through. Yeah, you're not doing any mobility. You're not being active as at all. And then on top of that, now that's two less, less days of recovery. Now Monday has to be that leg power day and you're probably only going to do two days no matter what right so it's like a little bit of uh more commitment now keep in mind like thursday's basically a nothing day for high school kids so it's like that saturday there's a little bit more commitment they've got to go in you know it's 
it's a little bit harder but in the in the u.s like dude everybody is so gung-ho football that like yeah <laughs> parents are willing to make that sacrifice like oh this kid's got to go in at 9 a.m or 10 a.m no on a problem. saturday got they it. don't care especially if they're dreaming big too like <laughs> yeah not only dreaming big but like if you legitimately want it you probably need to be doing that too like mm-hmm. it, how, especially if you want to go like to the NFL, right? Because that's going to be a difference maker be- yeah. between because everyone's talented at that level. Yeah, like yep. you learning how to work that early is going to help you when all right, everyone physically can kind of do the same thing. That's going to help you know how to work when it comes to all the mental stuff, the learning of the playbook, and things like that too. Well, and and I like to make this just think this way: if if you let's say you you are sore like you get a you're sore and your neck's a little stiff or whatever like that right on a saturday morning if you went in and you just did you know 225 pound cleans for three triples 102 kilos for yeah 100 100k kilo civilized people of the world (laughs) you back squat 120 to 140 150 maybe if you're a little bit stronger two sets of four, two sets of five, something like that, just to get everything moving. Then you do some sled work, some hamstring work, some quad work if you need to, or mobility. You do caustic squats like mobility stuff. Now, compare that what you would feel like on Sunday versus the player who just laid around all day Saturday. Oh, yeah. Did nothing. Sunday, that kid still feels like a turd, whereas the kid who lifted is like, oh, I and feel pretty good. Too, like, you can't even discount, like, sort of the way the body reacts to physical activity, too. Yep. And, like, just the hormonal releases and the way the brain feels. Like, every, I don't, I don't want to say everyone. I don't want to be too general. But if you work out, everyone, yeah, I'm saying everyone. You know how good that feels when you're done. It's You feel like you accomplished something. Right, right. And, and and then you can go in and it's like even if you even if you lost that game, okay, so let's say you lost Friday night. You go in and you get that work done and now as a team, you're making a win for the next week. Yeah, like, you can flip the mindset. Yeah, you change everything. Whereas if they don't train on a Saturday, they don't get together on a Sunday, that gives the team time to be negative, to say things, to 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 question the coaching and then by Monday it's like Dude, you're dealing with a whole different beast. Especially and, at a high school level. Yeah, too. yeah. So it's like you've got to think through like the physical, the mental, and the the cultural aspect. All right, so lower body power day, hitting that up, ideally day after the game. Yeah. Um. So comprehension, ascension phase, comprehension. We have a weak opponent coming up the Friday or Saturday, the weekend coming up. Ascension phase, we have a strong opponent coming up. And you're just going twice, probably. And just going twice. So let's go to the second day then. Okay. Second day, it sounded like it's an upper body power day, but it also sounded like the hypertrophy day is in there as well, too. Yeah, that's... A little bit. I think um, that's where... Elaborate on that, um, and then give us a little bit around the difference between the comprehension for the weak opponent and the ascension for... A strong opponent so if if i would set it up then it would be saturday would be the leg day monday which is typically like the day that jv plays okay so jv goes and plays and monday usually would be either easy walk through easy film like you're watching the film of the team you're playing you're setting up your schemes and then they would get that lift in uh, or you could do the lift first right depending upon the schedule so I see it as, all right, well, let's go in on Monday. 
you do some type of I, I actually think you could do a clean if they don't have jerk boxes if they have jerk boxes you do the king of the pa press earl would love to have the pa <laughs> press or just just with dumbbells something linebacker easy. jerks yeah or is linebacker jerks like two no that, i think that would be great you just don't ham it yeah up. you just just go like 60 70 percent then you do some stronger benching this is also one thing all of these guys have a set of five or three fifteen for triple during the season and now all of a sudden these guys are going like oh shit dude this kid just little head this. games yeah there, dude, and it's like, like you do that on a monday and then the thing is you ramp up you hit one one or two big sets and then you drop down and you do all, I would say, all dumbbell work and after probably all machine work. You're just getting blood and this flow is to the pump. Where the like hypertrophy mindset yeah. comes yeah, in. Yeah, it's like the back end. The accessory, um, accessory and hypertrophy movements yeah. and sort of like how you do that. So there's this little hybrid of taking the impulse day. Yeah. Well, the impulse day can. And the athlete day. The athlete day. Yeah. But taking that last hypertrophy day, infusing kind of like combining it in there like getting a little hybrid 100 percent. and then so that would be if you're playing a weaker team if you're playing a stronger team and you're lifting on monday i actually think you could still do the exact same setup you i would change minimal amounts of stuff because by wednesday the kids are going to feel good um i would just be aware like let's say i like to use a lot of dumbbell stuff and i would say a lot of neutral pressing because if we have a Tuesday and we might be hitting in practice, possibly it's just being aware that like if their shoulders are sore or anything along those lines, but the big factor is if we're doing a lot of rowing, we're doing a lot of like upper back work, they should feel, they should feel really good. So it's like being aware of that. And I think that one thing, at least in my experience with, with high school level now is they hit like a fifth of what they did like 20 years ago when we were in school. I mean, so yeah, it yeah. was 20 years ago. Like we would hit, dude, we would hit Tuesdays, Wednesdays. Sometimes we would even have practice on Mondays if we didn't play well on it a Friday. Tuesday, Wednesday. We had games Friday. Thursday would be like half pads. And yeah. It was kind of, it was live for like the just line. Just a flutter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, just because they'd go hit that way. But we would still have hitting, like we would have, my team would have hitting drills Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And like, now like dude they're not doing that stuff they're teaching things they're they've figured out a lot better ways to teach contact without executing high-speed contact uh-huh. and i think that 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 enables you to actually develop physically during the season which in turn is going to lead to better contact and better better production on the field on friday which is what matters and you're stronger so when you you have to go make that arm tackle that it can't you can, get away from you. Right. And like the big thing is, is I think a lot of these coaches, because of uh, some of this information now, is like we know if a team can execute the strategic aspect and they have better technique, we know that they're going to play better. So it comes down to technique, it comes down to strategy. And then that enables you because you're not so fatigued during the week, then you can train it. You can train in the weight room. Yeah. Cause most of and, this could just be me too. Someone definitely knows more than me about this. It feels like most of the, the practice stuff outside of like the strategy, the technique is conditioning work. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just getting your heart and your body used to like the running like and the running and the contact. Yeah. And once you're used to the contact after like the first two, the first week of camp, like it's just okay. Maintenance. Yeah. How do we not get beat up doing it? So why not? 
get stronger or at least keep your strength levels closer to what they were when you entered the off- camp. Exactly. Then, you know, letting them just fade and start all over again. Yeah, and I think, I mean, ultimately, you're using this this scheme, right, of the rolling compensation, and you're using it, you're, you're basing it off of the strength of opponent, the strength of schedule. Ultimately, what ends up happening, and, and I feel like we do a pretty good job, you d- you've done a good job in the book. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> of explaining, like, there's not as much time to get ready for the year as, like, people think. No, um, there's not a lot of training time, especially once you get to the collegiate level. There's, there's, it's a short time frame from the end of the season no, to camp. If you're like, because half your year's a season, the season is like 26 weeks. Yeah, it's so long, dude. You know, if you think about it, like you're, you're starting camp what beginning of August. Yeah, three, right. At the collegiate level, you're going three and a half weeks and prior. Bowl games are still being played in January. Right, like, it's long and. If you go to the pros, right? They're are they they're training they're, by February. Are they August or July? Uh, the end of July. End of July. Yeah. And if you're like the team, you're playing until February. Yeah. Here at Karate Strength, we always preach the importance of nutrition and a healthy diet to create a strong, fueled athlete. That's why we're happy to work with today's sponsor, Range Meal Bars. Range Meal Bars can act as meal replacements if you're on the go or packing up for long hikes in the woods. Each range bar is barely bigger than a deck of cards, but packs 700 calories each. Oh my goodness. That's a lot of calories. Like, you could go trekking for minutes and not just a minutes, long like trek. Hours. hours. That could even get you through the desert. <laughs> yes, probably. <laughs> range bars use all natural, high quality ingredients like honey, molasses, nut butters, and chia. Not brown rice, syrup, and soy protein isolate like many of the other bars available and are certified gluten free. Being perfectly honest, we've been trying these for a few weeks now, and our employees love them and are smashing them so much so that some of the employees eat them all when I come home and I can't try them. (laughs) That's accurate. We finished our first two boxes in a week. I didn't have any of them until the next round came in, and we had to keep them away hidden in our closet for podcasting. Literally, Range Meal Bars is offering a killer 20% off deal for listeners of the Garage Strength Podcast. Just apply the discount code Garage Strength. That's a capital G and a capital S there at checkout. Thanks, Range, for sponsoring our podcast. Now, let's get back to the episode. Think about at the high school level, if you really want to make strides, you have to be as strong or stronger by the end of the season so that you have a quicker turnaround. So let's say you take off two weeks at the end of the football season. You've got to have a quick turnaround to be able to build that strength back up. What is high school football? If if you're like top team in the state, at least Uh, it's like December 10th, December, right? Yeah. It's like the first weekend. Like you said, two weeks Mm -hmm. and then it's off season already. And you're going what August to then, what is that four months so then you go like think about this you go january now the the time frame of like middle of january until may that's the longest period uh-huh. but then it's like from may you know then the end of school basically until football starts that's only like nine to ten this weeks is what in the book is referred to as the junctures i think yeah is the yeah. way they're used with the off season yeah, and, and that's season. and that's also the time where it's like a lot of kids are going on vacation some kids might you know there's there's a lot of inner inner movement yeah so a lot of people bank on that summertime to really crush it 
but they might only be in the weight room for eight nine weeks. Yeah, you don't have time. That's you should have been crushing it from January to May. Yeah, to May, for sure. All right, so got lower body power day. Got the upper body power day with a little bit of hypertrophy work on the back end of the day in there. All right, if we have a strong opponent and we're doing ascension stuff, we're kind of done by Monday. We're done by Monday. So yep. we, we have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yep. Um, if it's college level, you're probably training that Tuesday instead of Monday around there. Yeah. So you have those three days now to do it. Yep. Now, if it's the weak opponent, we get this third day. Um, it's an athlete day, but we bring in impulse day stuff as well too. elaborate on that and sort of mindset. What goes on with that? I think that's where like on a, like a, and talking about the mind game stuff. If you're on a Wednesday, let's say, you know, I would. I would do some type of power snatch or power clean and I would try to get video and post it and tag. I and dude, kids in high school will tag each other on Twitter <laughs> or on X, whatever you want to call it now. And they'll, they'll, they'll start to like get in each other's heads, but like dude, Nick's senior year, he benched three fifteen for five and we posted it on a, on a, uh, on a Sunday cause he had to come in and do upper body on a Sunday and they were playing Exeter and all these Exeter kids are coming in on Monday to lift. And they're like, Singleton was in here doing 315 for five yesterday on bench. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, and they played that week. So in this specific scenario, it's like, okay, impulse day, you, you move, let's say you have an athlete who can clean 250 fast for a quick double. It's like, boom, boom. He does that, right? He drops it. Then maybe you do, instead of like a barbell loaded single leg squat, you could just do like a fast dumbbell single leg squat. It's not going to destroy them, but it's going to help with their hip mobility and their cutting, and they can do some contrast stuff there. And then that's almost always what I would recommend. Technical coordination, some type of contrast, so garage strength contrast or traditional contrast, and then you would use some more plyometrics. And that feeds right into the jumps too itself. Yeah, yeah. All right. And what's sort of like a – a volume and like what would be exercises you would select for the jumps like do you get super serious and do like some i don't know like some of the ones you see video of nick doing like with the jumps over the hurdles the single leg hops over the mini hurdles ending with the box jump the reckless jumps and things like that like a I would jam keep jump it, series or or do you i would keep it simpler okay so because think about like the more complex the jumps are the the harder it's going to be to recover they they've got to make adaptations and like their brain calculations for improving, you know, enhancing the myelin chi thing so that they can fire yeah. faster. I would keep it simpler, um, and it, and a good one would be like I was just thinking about this as you were asking is like stair jumps are great because they're easy, but also doing something like a depth drop into a hurdle hop, and you only do like drop and go over instead of doing like drop five hurdles, you just do a single hurdle. So you're still getting that fast reaction. Uh -huh. I still would do a unilateral plyo with with a bilateral plyo, and I think the other thing is is like if we are doing like a instead of doing like a single leg bounds for distance, maybe that's where we do like skips for height or skips for distance. That's going to be easier. Um, you could do even like jump step ups and try to have them jump to a target. Something like that is going to help them and it's not going to be overly complex. But then the other, the other big factor then is like, all right, you have, um, those, those specific jumps. We've got to make sure also at the end of the workout, they're spending 15 to 20 minutes doing mobility work. And I, honestly, I think that I believe 
most of these high school kids especially would see better performance by spending 15 to 20 minutes a day on mobility because they're going to be able to lengthen their hips more, play a little bit lower, and then in turn, that's going to help them manipulate opponents easier out on the on the field. So it's like you're going to see if you just make that investment in the mobility and the recovery, that's going to come back. Yeah. How much of that do you have to like sort of hand off too with mobility sometimes? Yeah, I think like, because the, mobility doesn't necessarily need equipment to be done. Right. So like it's like all right, this stuff needs equipment, especially if you're dealing with a whole team too. It takes a little bit more time like yep. to run, I don't know, 40 kids through a workout than it does to run like one or three. Right. right. Um so like this is in the book a little bit how much do you go about with mobility and handing off like what like asynchronous work like you know hey no one's around but here's your homework assignment i i think it's important to do that and i think it's important to do that with some type of leader on the team i think there's a couple different ways that you can do it you know you could do it where you you get a couple leaders on the team to lead them 15 minutes of mobility work post practice Uh uh-huh uh, I think that you could also do that where you do some type of, you know, you're sitting at home and you're doing your homework. You could do couch stretch. You could do a hip 90, 90. You could do, um, I don't know. Let's, let's say there's, there's one more exercise around ankle stability at home or even just thoracic, like open up their thoracic spine. You do that at home and maybe you make them post it on Instagram or something, or you ask them to post it on their story, like recovering for the big game or something. I think it's important to give these kids some type of autonomy to buy into it entirely and to buy into that culture. And that can lead to better performance over a long period. All right, cool. So then what day is that? That was, that'd be Wednesday that's being done. Then? Yeah. Wednesday. And I even think still Thursday, they should be doing, I think mobility they yeah. should be doing. And then they have that Thursday day to kind of recover and Friday Smash. they're playing the weaker opponent. Right. And one of the trade-offs you said earlier was, hey, maybe it evens it out a little bit, but it doesn't even it out so much that the better team's still not the better team. Right. No, and it's like... Maybe instead of the score being 56 nothing, it's 49-7 type of thing. I think that's... Ex- so I used to say this to, to BC when we would be... We would do this. JVs don't get into the fourth quarter instead well, of after it, halftime. And it was also look. Well, the funny part was that the JV kids would have to lift like a full lift, dude. <laughs> they would lift a full lift, and the the varsity kids would be out. But then when the JV kids would go in on a Friday, in like the third quarter, they'd come off. They'd be like, "Coach, I could barely get in my stance because <laughs> they're playing on Monday, not yeah. on a Friday usually." Um, which it's like whatever, dude. I don't care. Like you, this is what you need right now because in because yeah, you're not you're playing. Growing. Yeah, you you and need this for next year. Y- you have a head start technically in this yeah, game exactly. right now. Like yeah, and you're up real big. And if it starts getting close, we'll put them back in. Yeah. So so the thing is, is like, I, honestly, I don't. I think if you're a good enough football coach, and you have the strategic aspect, you've got the culture in place, and you've got all this stuff lined up. It's it's sort of funny. I, high school coaches will will talk about like taking accountability and stuff, and the bad ones would blame the strength program for a potential loss if that would happen. Uh huh. Dude, I've I never once heard that from 
the coaches that I was working with, they would never even think about it. Like it was never even a factor because they didn't even notice. They did not notice a lack of like a drop speed or anything. Play. Yeah, it was because we've got to remember one, these kids can recover well, but two, if you're losing a game, it's not going to be nine times out of 10. It's not going to be a physical factor. It's going to be mental breakdown. It's going to be penalties. It's going to be turnovers. Now those aspects can be impacted by a freak athlete who who can make somebody make mental errors who can yeah. turn over the ball quite a bit in high school too like the freak athlete can make a huge difference but if you're playing a freak athlete and you know the team's good and they've got a freak then you go back to all yeah, right we're doing twice a week you're in the ascension yeah so that's mindset. the whole thing you're playing somebody who's a, a so a d1 if guy. i was a go-getter and i'm a strength and conditioning coach do I go ahead and program eight weeks of comprehension, four weeks of ascension as the in-season stuff? Or do I – should I go week to week? Um, like, do I want to have, like, hey, this is kind of where I want to grab from and adjust on the fly? Um, and also, too, taking – maybe it's my first year versus, hey, I have Olympic-level athletes and yeah, NFL-developed yeah, yeah. football players right. under my belt where I have – sort of a depth of knowledge that i can grab from first more. year you get you've got to go easy with it and like just build into it i would say i would recommend like don't go ham especially if you're working with a seasoned head coach you want them to buy into everything that you're telling and and how you how you deliver you have to deliver it as a salesperson basically like look this is going to make you better yeah you're selling an idea Th yeah this is going to make your friday night easier this is going to make the season easier. So you've got to sell that. I would say, I think your question, um, the original question is fantastic because I, I think you could do it one of two ways. You could have like built out programs here and then you can also have, as you work through the, the season, basically you can start to see like, you know, a lot of people might say like, oh, I don't know how good we're going to be. And then they're in week five or six and they're way better than they thought. And so then you can sort of become more aggressive as the season transpires and you can use these as like, these are the blueprints that you created, but I want to, I want to tweak it to be more dynamic, to be better or potentially ease back if you're not as good. Um, I think that's a style of programming that I think is, is more respectable to a point where it's like make the blueprint. And then you can just tweak it as the season goes so that it's a dynamic setup. And then because the other thing is, too, is like sometimes you get you might get a team who at the beginning of the year, you're like, that team's going to suck. And then all of a sudden, you know, they yeah, have one kid, dude, Micah Parsons, Micah Parsons, senior year, moved to Harrisburg. OK, so he went to CD East and they were savages. And then his senior year, he got into some trouble. And he moved to Harrisburg, and now all of a sudden, Harrisburg was <laughs> yeah. top five in the state because Micah Parsons was there. He had a freak there. Yeah, so it's like you don't you you could have in using this scenario, you lay out the program thinking Harrisburg you're going to steamroll them, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, Parsons is at Harrisburg. Yeah, like we have that to, kids there. Yeah, we have to alter Grown adult now. <laughs> yeah, running havoc on NFL sized <laughs> men. Yeah, just killing everybody. <laughs> so you have to make that. I think it's always good to make the the change in season, but I also think that that's what gives our system. It's dynamic. It's so freaking dynamic to the 
to the the other thing is it, like we it's didn't part of the algorithm within it, right? Right, and it's it's even like you can even go down to like positional areas. Like you can yeah. you can look at it like, hey, this week they do have two really good D tackles. We got to be a little bit snappier off the ball. Well, then we're gonna we're gonna change things with the O line, but safety wise you know those guys recover really quickly and if you have and if they're well developed they're going to be dominant anyway so it's like hey let's just keep training um let's go into like one-off type things all right strong opponent ascension phase two days but not just strong opponent like we're talking like nine and oh <laughs> like <laughs> there's two d1 kids or there's yeah. at least one d1 kid on that team that's gonna go play as a freshman I could, and your team can compete with them. Right. It's not like you're going to get rolled. Right. Um, How do we, what do we shift within like the individual days? Like, do we take away sets? Do we take away a whole lift altogether? Like, I would take away a lift. I would take a lift off the back end. I would probably just do three lifts on like a leg day. I would uh -huh. do like cleans or snatches or some variation of a clean or a snatch. I would then do probably like a easier front squats and then just one hypertrophy movement and mainly look at that lift as like we've got to really just flush everything out of their system and make sure that they're in decent yeah form. we're not going to failure we're not doing like an rir five or something no, yeah. like that it's like yeah so. this this is this is where i would i would look at that game the same way i would look at a closed skilled super compensation performance okay and i think that that's where it's like you're literally just moving to move and to stay fresh and and you've got to be as fresh as possible to get into that that performance on on, on that that friday night i think that you know I, I can relate to this because uh we had a couple of games actually uh where Lashawn mccoy went a bishop mcdevitt and then Dude, Erie Cathedral, there's like three guys in the NFL right now that are rookies this year that we played against uh, in like 18 or 19 because a couple of them came out early. And it, and it was like it was a one-score game with three minutes left in the, in the fourth quarter. And then they lost like I want to say they lost by like 15 or 16 points. Something. It was a weird score. But like in that, in that case, like you can't go into that game with any sense of fatigue. Because okay. mentally you're going, you already know, like, these kids are thinking, they're, they're thinking already. Like, dude, kids, Is this like a playoff game too? Yeah. And like, so like, kids you won are, districts already. It's like, you're yeah. only, it's the 12 best teams in the state still left. Yeah. So like, <laughs> and like kids in high school, I think the cool part about college sports is especially like you, you look at wrestling or you look at football, like you, these kids believe they can beat anybody any weekend. Uh, look at Colorado this year. Colorado went out with a brand new coach, an entirely new team, and they beat TCU, who was essentially this number two ranked team from the previous year. And they didn't just beat them. They, like, pummeled them. But I think that's the unique part about the collegiate system is, like, these kids believe anything can happen on any weekend. High school kids, it's different. They're not fully there. You know, these high school kids, they, you got to think about, like, they're the kids that still get embarrassed when they get like sweat stains in their armpits. So like they're yeah. they're self conscious, and we have to remember self actualization that. on Maslow's hierarchy has not occurred yet. <laughs> right. So like we have to remember like they're a, a much more fragile group of kids 
So if they feel good, that's going to be a notch in favor of winning. That's one of my favorite jokes right now. You know why old people do what they want all the time? Why? Not as much peer pressure. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little dark, but still. It's still funny, though. I love it. That's great. Oh, geez, that's funny. You're never going to see a 90-year-old like, don't tell me what to do. Like, yeah. No one's going to influence me anymore. <laughs> well, there's nobody around. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. How do we use the realization phase, too, from a mindset, specifically around, like, it's playoff football. Yeah, like, that's one districts already. Like that's where you're using that. You're going, all right, if we've got like three or four weeks left in the in the season, like you're just you're like I, I sort of like to think about it as like you're hanging on by a thread as a strength coach. Like you're just like we're doing activation work in the weight room. Uh, we're trying to get them a little bit of tension, like to feel explosive and strong. We don't want them to go dude, we don't want them to go into a state championship or or something like that or a state semifinal feeling like flaccid you know like I, I, like feeling like a noodle right like and that's rigatoni yeah and that happens a lot is it's because a lot of people back off in like week three or four dude don't back off to like week 10 and yeah. it's like delay everything just delay it as long as you can and you and have faith in yourself as a coach and from a long-term development to hearing that as well like especially your better elite athletes like that's going to prep them more for a longer season that's that's going to make them one they're going to be less injury prone mm -hmm. they're going to be stronger when the season ends so that they they get ahead of themselves for the next year and then yes 100 if you want to play college football dude you've got to learn how to freaking play for a long freaking season and it and it's it's a long it's not only a long season it's a way more intense season like you're in december taking brutal hits at the collegiate level. So it's like you've got to be you've got to be physically prepped to handle that. Yeah, there's never not someone who can't bring the wood. <laughs> no, you it, hit that college level. I, like I remember talking to DJ. Everyone kind of hurts when they hit. Jan, Jan used to say this. He's like, "Dude, you they would play Rutgers like the last game of the year and Rutgers was always terrible, right? They're like, you know, 2 and 9. Uh, no knock on Cam Stewart who used to train here who's now at Rutgers, but they're historically Actually, they were good when we were in college, but yeah, historically that's lately. That's when Ray Rice was there, too, yeah, I think, right? Yeah, they haven't been good lately. Um, and But Jan was always like, dude, we'd be playing Rutgers. It'd be the week after Thanksgiving. We'd be a little bit flat. You know, we were 10-1. and one. We knew we were going to steamroll them, and they'd come out like it was their Super Bowl because they'd be playing. Let's say they're playing at Penn State. It's packed, and all these guys – they haven't been playing well all year and now they're just they're still going to bring it week 11 week 12 and to try and pull up uh, an upset and it's like there's always and he's jan used to say like dude they'd have they'd have these running backs and the tight ends that would come down and just bring it and he's like they're not even that good a, they're not even that skilled of athletes but still they're hurts. specimens <laughs> yeah and they just know how to hit so it's like you you have to prepare for that if you're in the collegiate system, and it, even if you're D two or D three school, you still have to deal with that. Yeah, they want it. Yeah, um, you ready for some overrated, underrated? Yeah. All right. Um, these ones are a little silly, and they all refer to in season training. Okay. All right. Okay. All so, in season. Yeah. Overrated, underrated, in season. Um, two box snatches. 
Overrated, underrated, in season. Two box Sanchez would be underrated. All right. You oh. thought I was going to rate him? Uh, say, uh, no. I, I, I just think because they're easier. Okay. And you could get the team, like, if you have access to boxes. You could, especially the linebackers, I would have hammering that. And All running right. backs. You ready for this one? Yeah. Overrated, underrated. Five rep, unbroken, single leg squats. See, that's where I would do something like that with uh, dumbbells, but I would not do that with back squat. So say it. Say it. <laughs> overrated. Yeah. <laughs> that hurts his soul to well, have to say a single leg <laughs> squat is overrated. <laughs> Saying that because it's like they do a five rep back squat that's unbroken. They're still sore as hell on yeah. Thursday or Friday. Just hurt his soul. Hey, quick little anecdote. <laughs> so... Just to let everyone know, Dane's so nice for my birthday. I got a single leg squat roller. It, it was wonderful. I've been using it. Oh my goodness, my hamstrings, dude, have gotten so much stronger. It's ridiculous. It's and like it, it's not like I I had weak ones before, but so much stronger right, and fire right. so much better. I was doing razor curls before I had it, and I'd be like, "Whoa, this is like dicey." Yeah. Now I do them like, eh, this is easy. Eh. Right. I'm, I'm like tempted to like hold a plate on my chest and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. But I just, I, w I wanted to put that out there. My mom is 70 and she's like, I just can't believe how much it opens up my hips. I'm like, no kidding, mom. Like I've been telling you this for, I don't know how long. Yeah. You just don't want to listen to me, but it it's amazing. It's like, I, I know it's a compound movement, but it, it feels like it isolates your hamstrings. Yes. And you feel it the next day. And your glutes have to fire. Yeah, your like glutes no for other. sure. It's, waking it up big time. And it's great now how light, like my back squats are starting to feel that too from Right, it. right. Because it's not like, I, I trained weightlifting, so I do a lot of quad stuff. Yeah. And now all of a sudden the backside's kicking in more. It's like, oh, oh wow. This is, this is amazing. Is wonderful. That's probably why you PA press so much. Yeah. King of the PA press now. <laughs> I need a crown. <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny. Jason, cue the, the 114. <laughs> you just keep queuing yeah. it <laughs> or the 102 for four too because remember when we started yeah so what was that was i that just 100 i just threw out i could do 100 yeah and you i failed it like five times but did it then you did untrained. Hit it. Yeah. i was untrained like i did not Dude, train you it did showed up one day i think or, you might have failed it more than five times you just yeah. kept trying but then you did hit it i hit it in the groove yeah and then i was like i'll start like training overhead pressing again so you hit 114 for a single right now that's yeah. 255 uh, I think it's 250 about. It's in that You think range. you can get to 270? Yeah. Oh, well, I'm going to get to 265 first. Because Legend and T told me 120 or 125 is like respectable okay. weight a th from a thrower. Yeah. And I am nowhere near Dude, the size of a thrower. Dude, babies with it. They're down there doing PA presses with like 80 kilos. They were telling me that. Ryan McDonald's doing 80 kilos. It's like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, I'm a... Uh, I want to get if I can get to a respectable thrower weight from national level like throwers. Yeah, then that that as pays a off. A non-thrower body, I'm okay with that. Yeah, That's absolutely. Why I'm the king. All right, we got another one. <laughs> That's why I'm the king. Um, overrated, underrated accessory hypertrophy movements. Ready for this one? Nordic curls. Ooh, and this is in season too. I would actually say in season they're overrated because it's it's too much like just one eccentric of a Nordic curl. These guys' hamstrings are going to be sore. Yeah. So it's like 
unless they have a buy. If they have a buy, I would probably throw it in there. I would Ooh. do it twice before their next game. Um, but I, I, I think it's too, it's too challenging of a movement. I actually think there should be like a table of like, okay, these are the in season style movements that you can use, and then out of season. Note that one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I was thinking that's that. a good thing. <laughs> yeah. There. See these. All right. Here's the either or. You ready for this one? Yep. I think this one's going to make you feel good for all your recent work okay. with that marathon training. Um, I actually have two of them. Sub 50-minute 10K run. I don't know how fast your your 10K is. That's pretty slow for, like, elite people, but I know for, like... Oh, six miles? I, yeah. I would... Hold on. Okay. Or five-minute max Cal assault oh, bike. Oh, shit, dude. I should have put 45-minute 10K run there for you. Which one... Either or, which one you do? Five, uh, five minute all out. Five Dude, minute. One of the guys that came to the to the summit, he did like a one fifty. The one twenty. I know. I saw he post. It was. Dude, how is that possible? Because he's a savage. That's crazy. Um, he got those thick boy legs. Too. He does. Yeah. <laughs> I. I still think that's harder because your heart rate skyrockets and you can't get comfortable. Like for 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 me for a ten k. If I go out on a 10K, if I would, I, w- I can run like a sub 60 minute for me. Can you do a sub 50? That's why it had to be sub 50. Yeah, for you'd me, have to like I'd have hammer to hammer a little bit. For for me, have you ever tried a 10K on like a track or no. like something flat, like non road where you're going uphill? No, I, so when, dude, it makes a huge difference. <laughs> when I was watching them race this weekend, I mean, I saw the, the American record went down the mile. Um, the, 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 5k world record was broken on the women's side i was watching it thinking like it's i i have run on tracks i actually ran on a track on saturday i ran like three miles and then i went back and ran home it's amazing how easy it is to run on a track and it's also like technology is incredible well yeah and and how (laughs) small the track feels for me now whereas before it was like oh my god track yeah one lap felt yeah forever now i'm like oh it's only you know i've only got to do 12 laps that's nothing by like lap nine, I was like, oh, I only got three more. I feel like yeah. I've only been here for 10 minutes. It's like, whereas if you go out and you run three miles for a distance, you think you have the geographic thought of like, okay, three miles is like from here to my mom's house. Man, that's a pretty long drive. Like, yeah. you know, that's a 10 minute drive. But just laps around the track. It's like, it's yeah, this mentally is mentally easy. easier too. Yeah. So I think I would prefer now I maybe today I'll try and run a little bit harder. On see a 10K. how fast you can do a 10K one yeah. of these times. Have Caitlin go out and beat you. Oh, she would. Just, she ran one this morning, actually, like five thirty. Dang. Yeah. Those AM wake up calls are rough. <laughs> oh man. All right. I have another uh, either or. If okay. you Want to do it? Yep. This let's go. Science fiction, like Philip K. Dick, uh, Ubik or Vallis. I don't know if you ever read those novels or uh, high fantasy. Like Brandon Sanderson, Stormlight Art. I like sci-fi better. You're more sci-fi? Yeah, I'm much more sci-fi, especially, like, to me, I mean, my favorite movies slash uh, TV series is Star Trek, so it's, like, sci-fi all day. Well, now I know if I I decide to get you, like, a book or something for Christmas. I I think about sci-fi as, like, it's possible. It could be, it could exist. And... Figuring out solutions to imaginary situations yeah, is fun. It, it, There's actually a word for that. I think it's like, oh, I just, I forget. It's like P-L-A-T-O. 
something. Well, it's also like, like to me, if you think about like Gene Roddenberry, like a lot of the thoughts he had sparked scientists. Who is Gene Roddenberry? He, I don't know who he, he was is. The writer, the he head. like was a okay. creator of Star Trek. It sparked scientists to actually think. Like Stephen Hawking's had a whole discussion about how a lot of what he was inspired by was watching old Star Trek and being like, is that possible? Yeah. And then thinking how it could happen. Like, cause you're reverse engineering it. Then you're like, right. Well, what, what would Start have to happen? Right. So I think that's, what's cool about it. Nice. All right. We got audience questions. Okay. You, these are both from the YouTube community, even though you should join our discord and subreddit. Cause the discord's over a thousand now. Oh, sweet. And Hell it's yeah. fun. That's great. And I lurk in there, especially around the, um, the podcast ones okay and i know avon's in there too so i don't know if people know avon yet amongst they the probably know him just from outrageous snatches yeah <laughs> what is he snatching now did he hit 140 he, yet yeah he hit 40 he doubled he 35 oh dang go yeah. him yeah he's bulky though right now <laughs> yeah, he got <laughs> so fat i'm not saying that but it, that i was, was going a- for three weeks and he got or i guess i was going for four weeks and he gained like seven kilos whoa <laughs> All right, YouTube community, uh, Hacker World 6559. What and how should athletes train in off-season? I think, I mean, that's going to depend on what your sport is, and I think it, it just goes back to train the areas where you're weakest and look at something, and in most cases, 95% of the time, athletes at the high school or collegiate level improve a hand clean, a one-box clean, a hang snatch, a one-box snatch, increase your front squat increase your single leg squat get stronger with your upper body and you're going to be in a good position and go take the garage strength performance design course and buy the corresponding book that and you'll see yeah exactly it'll give you a a roadmap yeah good nice little gps navigation system (laughs) exactly make it happen or you could always just download the peak strength app too so that's the other thing for ease peak strength is designed entirely off of all of the years research that we have so it's like look if you look if you need something that's going to simplify your training it's gonna as you laid out like a roadmap for you this is gonna get you to the destination that you need to be as an elite athlete yeah and it it works like you could read the reviews but i'd even recommend like go join the discord and like look at like because there's a lot of people in the discord that i would almost label like super users with it like early adopters too and some of the stuff when they talk about prs when they talk about gains like you know this isn't just us saying it like these are people actually using the product and saying hey this is the result i'm getting from it it's incredible like and it's like all right good this is this is like the goal this is the intention like we want to help people get where they want to be and I will always say one of the best things about this place is you come in here and you say what you want to do. It's not, I don't know. It's like, all right, let's yeah, get let's to work. Like yeah. no one thinks you're a joke. Yep. <laughs> um, I can't pronounce this name, but NGOju, LG5NR. There's a hyphen in there too. If you're out of sports due to age, underperformance, chronic injuries, or 